The quarterback carousel ride is in full swing, and it has only just begun. I'm Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros and Justin Tucker. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power Radiate and Secret Weapon Consulting. As I mentioned, lots and lots of quarterback news. The franchise tag deadline just ended today as we are recording on March 7th. It ended at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And plenty of tags went around, but the quarterback news, guys, the quarterbacks, and I I honestly, I knew something was going to happen, but I didn't see it being like this. And we have a lot to talk about, so we're going to talk about the Packers with quarterback Aaron Rodgers, the Lamar Jackson with the Ravens, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Geno Smith, among others. I mean... This is the NFL offseason, man. It's the best offseason of all of the four major sports. And we are going to jump right into it. So, the Packers, it turns out, have granted Aaron Rodgers with permission to speak to other teams. And Rodgers' camp did not waste any time with visiting teams. One of the one one of the franchises that was hem- heavily rumored to want him The New York Jets, so they spoke with them on Monday and with, and they spoke with them today. So, and apparently uh, today they went, they, a bunch of their person, their personnel flew out on a plane to go see them. So Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, among others, but I don't know about you guys, but since he still even hasn't even made a decision yet, I feel like it's already made and we already know what it is. I mean, you don't go and talk to other teams if you're just going to retire. If you've made up your mind at this point, then you're not talking to you're not talking to the Jets. You're not talking to the Packers either. Well, you probably are actually, because that's the team you're currently with. And our Robert Griffin the Third said this best. So. This Aaron Rodgers, he said, he tweeted, this Aaron Rodgers situation is odd. I'm not giving my quarterback permission to talk to another team if I want him to be my quarterback. Are you taking your wife to a restaurant so she can go out on a date with someone who is interested in marrying her? I didn't realize that at first. Like, I didn't think about it that way. But I I thought upon hearing this report that it's like, okay, we now we know for sure he's 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 not retiring. But now we kind of know, too, that not only is he not retiring, but he's likely, I would go as far as to say he's likely to be traded. But what do you guys think? Oh. Hey, Justin, you're muted. <clears throat> Justin has some thoughts, but he was muted. <laughs> I, he, he went right out of the gates. He was like, man. All right, then, uh, what do I say here? I think it. I think this was going to happen eventually soon sooner or later i'm not shocked by it and i'm surprised it's happened as soon as it is but of course it's time to start i want to say the jordan love era and it's about time aaron Rodgers finds another place to go i'm shocked that it's the jets but I'm not surprised that he's looking elsewhere or for greener pastures now the question is will he actually go to the jets yeah i, I hear you i do but <clears throat> I don't know if like that's his best option. They have a good team, 
but for the Jets, doesn't that say you're willing to like try to win now? Because at best, you're probably going to end up being third in the division. And on top of that, no. Rodgers is 39. Who no. knows how much? What do you mean, no, Adam? I, I think I think they are they are at worst second, and they at may win, they might win that division. They do not have the I'm, firepower to compete with Miami, a fully healthy Miami, and they cannot out coach Buffalo. Well, actually, Miami. I think huh? huge asterisk. They they can't stay consistently healthy, especially at the quarterback spot right now. Eh. It's a huge if on health. And when they're right. healthy, they can compete with anybody. But on, on Buffalo's side, they they fade away when it matters most. And okay. unfortunately for them, so they're they're a high flying air show type team, right? Yeah. So when it matters for them in the cold air, when the ball doesn't fly quite as well, they disappear. Yeah, well, well, let me tell you something. When Buffalo and the Jets supposedly meet in the playoffs, talk to me then. Furthermore, for the Jets, this isn't a permanent solution. I mean, I, I don't think they're a win-now team, yet I think it's sensible to view this as a win-now move. I agree. It would but be a win-now I move. just, I don't know. And as far as, you know, the Packers go, finally, just end this nightmare because it's been going on for too long. Yeah. And I think the fans deserve a reprieve from the drama, if I'm being honest. I think you I think this is long overdue for both sides. The Jets, the Jets, man, they need to break this. First of all, they need to break this playoff drought. And they have a team around them that is capable of doing it if they just have the quarterback. They barely miss the playoffs with the with the wide with the quarter with the quarterback room that they had. You put Aaron Rodgers in that mix. I mean, where's where's the weakness besides offensive line? Where's the where's the weakness? I'm not they, crazy about their linebacker core, but you know, they they could probably we'll use another safety too. But they defense, could pick up Eric Kendricks too. Their defense as a their yeah. defense as a unit is pretty damn good. They would just need they would just need to patch in a few holes. Hmm. And honestly, with this defensive free agency class. I think they can do it. That'll be fine. Just work on work on patching a couple holes in the defense and address the offensive line. The and it, it doesn't need as much work as I think everyone everyone thinks. It, it really does not. It's more of a health thing for them. Another um, piece on that, that offensive where I just could go is the Commanders, Loki. I kind of I can I can mm. see that happening. Because their biggest uh-huh. gripe is like the quarterback spot. If they can just settle down at that position, yeah, I believe with I believe they could be a playoff caliber team. They almost made the playoffs with Carson Wentz and I keep forgetting Taylor Heineke. So yeah. if they can just get better quarterback play from that position, I think they're a playoff caliber team. Yeah, I think that's a fit. Yeah. Um, and they also have some cap space as well. What about the Raiders though? Do you really they want to play for Josh McDaniels? Huh? Do you really want to play for Josh McDaniels? Probably not, but I don't know. Like, I mean, I've been hearing it because, you know, they have Devontae Adams. That, that'd be a huge lure for Rodgers, I think. Yeah. They have the weapons. It's just the play calling and the team and just the overall performance of the defense is what I'm worried yeah. about. And those are some pretty big holes, actually. I think people, oh, if, I think people undersell. You, you need to stop. 
You need to you need to stop. You need to stop. All right. They have they they have some those are some pretty big holes. Listen, that if there's anything that this season has really emphasized, it's that it's just how much coaching matters in the NFL. This this was a season where a Seahawks team with still competent coaching had the next put in a next man up mentality to the quarterback position. Their backup had the same caliber year that uh, Russell Wilson would have year in year out when he was a Seahawk. And then Russell Wilson, who went to his new team with a pretty good roster, actually with incompetent head co- uh, uh, with in hop incompetent coaching wasn't able to do anything that he was that he used to do. So I think coaching really does matter. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a big hole for that's a big hole for Vegas. And also their defense, they need some work there. It wasn't all on the offensive personnel. In fact, most of it wasn't. So I would say, listen, and also it also it also matters for Aaron Rodgers the place he's going to. And I think Washington as a city, Vegas as a city, those aren't the biggest uh, football towns. I mean, Washington kind of, but I mean, New York, that's the big apple, man. I mean, that's the epicenter of the United States right there, the concrete jungle. And you get the reins for it. You're going to get all the attention, all the media attention you need from that sports town. And he's, he's the type of guy who's very, look at me, look at me, look at me. I think New York is the perfect destination for him. Oh, which else? That, which the offense, means, it's all fun and games so he starts struggling and the media destroys him. Which would make it even better to cover. Yeah, which would make what? it even better. Or and, if he uh, looks like an MVP again. And yet another, yet another future Hall of Fame Packers quarterback going to the Jets and failing. Would that would also would that not also help Tom Brady's goat case? Oh, Brady my God. goes to Brady goes to a new team, and he wins a Super Bowl in his first year. Rodgers goes to a new team, and they're still a cellar dweller. If they make the playoffs and get to the Super Bowl, what as a Jet? Oh, that ring might be better than any other ring Tom Brady has won. That actually might be the best ring. Lies. It would be a good as ring. a Jet. No, as a Jet. Aaron Rodgers winning a ring as a Jet. No. Now. I think that it, I don't think that's that big of a take. You can make an argument. Yeah. I I would I, I hate to say it, but if you win you a ring, ring with a Jets Super Bowl 51, that's the yeah, only Yeah, but this is not like the Jets rosters of yesteryear. This is but actually cool. halfway decent. They had one of the best defenses in the well. league. CJ, and CJ, CJ, it's the Jets. You don't mean that. They have one of the listen. They have one of the best defenses in the league. They they had that last year, yeah. And they also have a very good young wide receiver one there, who yeah. was able to who was able to win offensive rookie of the year with nothing at the quarterback position. Yeah, it's I think that's bad. that has value. You give that you give that guy to Aaron Rodgers, and he's putting up statistics that could be comparable to. Devonte Adams before him. We'll see. I don't think oh. that's I don't think that's far fetched. I don't think it'll. I'm. It's not far fetched, but that's that's a high standard you're putting into. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, we go for we go from one Packers from one franchise quarterback to another. Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Another chat yet another chapter to this saga that has lasted since the preseason. That's next. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power Radiate and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker. So we talked about the Packers and their issues with their franchise quarterback. We're going to another on the AFC side with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. So they have decided to give Lamar Jackson the non-exclusive franchise tag for $34 million. And so essentially the non-exclusive versus the exclusive non-exclusive means that other teams can negotiate a deal with the quarterback. And if the Ravens match it, then they get to keep him. If they don't match it, then the Ravens get two first round picks. So essentially the Ravens are saying, okay, let's see what the market is. If you're worth that, then you're worth. If you're worth what you want, then you're worth. You're worth what you want, and we get two first-round picks out of it. If not, we'll match it, and we get you back. But as I said in the prior segment, if you want, if you want him on your team to be your quarterback for the next five years, you're not giving him that opportunity to talk with other teams. I understand it's a little different, and they're saying let's see what this market is. But you don't give him that chance if you are 100% sold on Lamar Jackson being your quarterback of the future. I don't know what, I don't know about you guys, though. Oh, my God. I think it's completely different than the Aaron Rodgers situation. I don't think it's comparable. I think the Ravens have made it clear that they want him as the Ravens quarterback. But unfortunately, they're just – it's a difference of opinion on how much Lamar Jackson is worth. That's where it really is. The Ravens have been fair. They've given him contracts where you're like, Okay, they're not shortchanging him, but at the same time, compared to what you think Lamar Jackson is and the value he brings, you want something on the long along the lines of a Deshaun Watson contract, which I hate so much. It it I despise that contract. Not even because of the constraints it puts on the Ravens. Just you the mean mere- a Deshaun Watson contract. Sorry, That's- you said Lamar Jackson. I, all right, I mean the Deshaun Watson contract. I hate that contract so much, not just because of what it does for Lamar Jackson, but basically the one person who almost gets a fully guaranteed contract, and it was the guy that was facing 22 cases, allegedly. It It's just a bad look all around. And now that that, that contract is out there and other quarterbacks are looking to get that sooner or later, it's just it makes things a lot worse than it needs. Be. And so when I look at the contract, 
of Lamar and see how much he's worth. I think around the Josh Allen contract is a fair contract to give him, but a fully guaranteed contract. I don't think NFL owners want to give NFL players that type of money, which is why you're seeing the things that we're seeing now. If Lamar Jackson, I'm sorry, if another quarterback besides Deshaun Watson got that deal, let's say a Josh Allen, a Joe Burrow, a Patrick Mahomes, then there's there's no argument against this, but I, I think it's I think it's a I think it's a two things are true at once type of thing. This might have been a that might have been a dumb deal, but Lamar Lamar just still isn't worth that money. He's worth he's missed too much time over the past two seasons, and if you're gonna get that money, you have to be able to prove that you can stay healthy. The best ability is availability. I don't think that's true. I just don't. If if you're giving that money to Deshaun Watson, despite knowing the fact he won't be available for that for most of that season, I don't think it relies solely upon like availability. If if it was, then Deshaun Watson wouldn't have gotten that contract to begin with. Well, you have to remember that contract is backloaded too. It's front loaded. Deshaun's? Yeah, no, he didn't. How much money did he make last season? Because 40, 46 million. Wait, no, that can't be right. I thought they he said made 46 like, this million. He's making 46 the next, and then he's make. it's consistent. You can take money away in the back end of it, but not in the front end. It's fully guaranteed. The most you could probably take away from Deshaun's is a million. And that's basically. Wait, hold like, on. I thought they backloaded it just in case like he didn't play much this year, though. No. Oh, whatever. All right. Well, my, my I'm pretty sure he still made like around 45 to 46 million this year. Either way, he's not worth it and neither is Lamar. He's he's literally missed 11 games over the past 2 years. Listen, he's worth it. If I if you saw the offense we guaranteed, I disagree. He's worth it. If if that's what it takes to get him, then yes, I think he's worth it. I don't believe that's what it should take, but that's where the market is right now. Well, another thing to look at is that the market for Lamar Jackson all at this point is very dry. The Atlanta Falcons, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Washington Commanders, of among other teams, uh, the Carolina Panthers, which is basically like those teams I listed. That's basically the entire quarterback market right now. Those are yeah. all the teams who want, who are looking for a starting quarterback, and, and they, they don't want no. Lamar Jackson. It's not that they don't want him; they just don't want him for the price that it's being asked for. They don't want to give up that amount of money because it's now setting a precedent that they don't want to set. Right. That's. I mean, that's that's kind of the point. I mean, everyone people want any, anyone for a certain price, but yeah, I mean. It's just that Jackson isn't like if he was able to stay healthy with the with the impact that this guy has when he's on Again, the field, then he's worth that a, money. It's not the injury. They're not worried about the injury. They just don't want to pay that contract. It's just that simple. I think I he'd be think worth I feel like he'd be more to willing to if you know he wasn't injured every other day. He'd I'm promising if the same thing was offered to Josh Allen, the answer would still be the same. He'd be more worth it if you were willing yes. to if he were able to stay healthy. I think he would be worth that deal. Though the impact that this guy that this guy has on the field is very hard to rival. And the, the problem is he's not able to stay healthy. The last time he was he was healthy for a full season, 14 and 2, and unprecedented MVP. 
again, I don't know why we, we keep blaming health if that's the reason. If that was the case, Kyler Murray would have gotten a lot more money than he was. If that was the case, Josh Allen would have gotten a fully guaranteed contract. If that was the case, Patrick Mahomes would have gotten a fully guaranteed contract. I don't believe it's health with Lamar. I think it's just the point of we do not want to give a fully guaranteed contract worth that amount of money, no matter who it is, whether it's Lamar, Deshaun, uh, Patrick Mahomes, any quarterback for that matter. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Well. Unfortunately, it's happening a little more. Well. I also think all those quarterbacks you just mentioned are kind of worth that deal. Yeah. They're not going to give it to him. Yeah. Well, actually, that's not true. Kyler wasn't worth it. Kyler wasn't worth it. But that's about it. That, that's just – but, like, the Cardinals are stupid too. Uh-huh. That was just a dumb deal. They made him do they, – they literally had a requirement where he does homework. And they took it out. That they should. I mean, that's a bad look on the organization. Mm-hmm. They're committing to a guy who they know doesn't do his homework, doesn't study, plays too much Call of Duty. That's a problem. So they're stupid too. There's, teams are stupid. Teams are the Browns are stupid. The Cardinals are stupid. Ravens are stupid. Sorry, Tuck. All they're right, we do need to listen. We got to change gears here. We have to change gears here. We're up against the clock. Um, so we talked about two teams who have struggled to maintain their starting quarterback. We're gonna trans we're gonna transition to one team who has managed to keep them, but at what cost? This is the Fumble Ruski podcast. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker. All right. So the New York Giants had a bit of an issue with their top-end talent on the offensive side of the ball going into this offseason. They had both quarterback Daniel Jones and running back Saquon Barkley slated to become free agents this offseason, unrestricted. So the big issue was how are they going to keep both? And... They just managed to do just that. So, at what cost, though? The Giants re-signed quarterback Daniel Jones to a four-year, $160 million deal. 82 mil of it is guaranteed. And this enabled them to be able to place the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley, which means, and it was also the non-exclusive tag, which means... Clock is ticking for them. They have to pay their running back as well. But listen, we, we've we bashed these past couple of teams for not being able to manage their quarterback situation so well. But this team re-signing, like, I, I'm all for bringing back Daniel Jones for the right price. Call me crazy, but could they have not just put the franchise tag on Jones, 
keep him around for a season, and then signed Saquon, and then broke the bank for Saquon Barkley. That just mm-hmm. feels like it makes more sense to me, because what Daniel Jones is not out? worth that money. What if he sets out? He yeah. sits out. Yeah. What if Daniel Jones sits out? Who are you? What are you doing at quarterback? What will they what ever do this? without Daniel oh, yeah. Jones? Honestly, I don't know where um, Daniel Jones got play. that thought in his head that uh, you know that, that he's worth that money. Brian Dable came came in and single handedly saved his career, and now he's under the impression that he's good. Well, guess what? He had like thirty two hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns. Oh boy, I am so impressed. He's just not worth that money. And if he reverts back to his old self, well then, this is going to look especially bad. Yeah, it's going to look very bad if he reverts back to Danny Dimes days instead of just, you know, looking the way he did last year, which isn't bad. It's just that he didn't score a lot of touchdowns and well, a lot of yards. But that is going, standards. That whole going to come down to – that is going to come down to how they how – they, surround this team for Daniel Jones. That's go- it's going to come down to how they build this roster now because you can't just go if it's if it ain't broke don't fix it. Yeah. Because it still is broke. You just were able to mm-hmm. uh work with what you had, which was impressive, but now let's see you surround him with talent. I see some pretty good trade targets out there, namely DeAndre Hopkins who's looking to prove that he can still do it at this age and you are looking for a wide receiver who is an actual legit number one. So take Deandre Hopkins and D- and Darius Slayton as your one, two punch. That's pretty good. That's something you can work with. And then you have Saquon Barkley in your back pocket as well. It makes Daniel Jones look better. Saquon Barkley is still the centerpiece of that offense. And you work with the defense as well. It's a good young defense. They're still figuring things out. But you're trending in the right direction at that point. They but, might just draft a receiver. and They might just draft a receiver. They could. Yeah, I think they're going to have to work on that offensive line, though, don't you think? Yeah, but Adam. They could work on that on any other round. Yeah, they could. I guess. Yeah. Now, Adam, here's something to think of. Is Daniel Jones' contract not front-loaded? Because yeah, you are on camera, it is. And the Giants, I believe, had about $46 million in cap space. You take Daniel Jones's front-loaded contract and the $10 million franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. I'm sorry, but you've moved yourself out of making a splash on any big-name free agents. You made your choice with your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they're going there. I mean, make some cap space. It, it sounds simple, but it's not that hard to do. The cap... Does it, it exists? It doesn't. It, we we believe in the salary cap on this podcast, but it's easily manipulated. You can easily talk to a lot of. It's a big roster, fifty three man roster. There's a lot of players you can talk to and get some money cut and make some space to improve your roster. Well, that so doesn't mean do they'll that. do it. That doesn't mean they'll do it. You can ask. That doesn't mean they'll yeah. negotiate. They could. We'll we'll see what happens. All right. So. We, we're going to move on here. So one quarterback who was re-signed to another, the Seahawks, have brought back Geno Smith. We'll talk all about that in the loaded deal that he received. That's next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. 
This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast by Power Radiant Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker. Geno Smith is back. He is back on the team where he won his first Pro Bowl nomination. Well de- deserved with 30 touchdowns to 11 interceptions and over 4,000 yards. Who saw that coming, man? Great job by Geno Smith. I don't know if he's a fit for the Comeback Player of the Year award because he, all he did was come back from sucking, which is a good achievement. If there was a most improved, if there was a most improved player award, he would be a slam dunk favorite. But there were other guys who could have gotten this award. Either way, that's besides the point. This guy got a three-year, 105 yeah. million dollar deal. But it's front-loading in the first year, giving him 50-something? Right. So, listen. Check to make sure. We have we have all been pro Seahawks people. We have been Seahawks. Mm-hmm. We have been Seahawks supporters on this podcast for the past few months. With the with the way they performed this season, despite their star quarterback leaving, um, and with how well they are positioned for the for the future. Good young talent. Um, a quarterback who is, you know, a very stable quarterback who could be a bridge to somebody who could win a Super Bowl for you. This this deal, 3 years 105 mil feels a little bit like they believe he's their franchise guy. And if he is, that is one expensive bridge quarterback. It just feels like if you're going to bring him back, bring him back on a smaller deal and say, "Listen, we're going to you're going to stay with us for a couple seasons." You're going to keep racking up these very good seasons that you just had. And eventually we're going to have to move on from you. And you are going to have the value to be a starting level quarterback somewhere else. And we'll get our guy for the future. That should have been what they did, but it seems like they're committing to him. And it feels like this is getting to a point where it's fool's gold. I don't believe Geno Smith is, is as good as he was this past season. It was a great achievement. Great story, but I don't. I just don't think they should have. Uh, uh, I think they overcommitted to him. Not really. I don't think so because the contract is really more like three years, seventy-five million. Because he's getting paid, I want to say three twenty-eight million per year. So it's more like a three-year. The other stuff comes from like added incentive, like added incentives, and like forty million at the signing bonus. So that's where. It, it looks weird, but when you look at the contract and the structure of it, it's not that bad considering. It doesn't hamper them going out there and building around what they have. And yeah. the rush is not really bad. They just need more talent. Yeah, luckily for them, though, they do have, like, a really early pick. Yep. So, and I believe they have picked five. And you know yeah. what that means. They could get Will Anderson. Oh, mm, I don't know if Will Anderson is going to last to five, you know, barring any trades, but – yeah, I'm just saying they have enough picks. They do have early enough picks each round to the point where they should be able to build up their roster. Well, listen, they do have a good defense. Like I'm not, I'm not disputing that at all. They have a they, they have a good a defense. Rush, they could use a better pass rush and possibly a better rushing defense as well. But they, I mean, they have a good roster. Their offensive line is the best it's played in years. I've preached that all this past season, and I'm saying it right now. 
They have a good young offensive line that is playing the best it has in years. In yeah. Russell Wilson's whole career, sadly. <laughs> but <laughs> ironic, they, the moment he leaves, their offensive line gets better. They get it gets yeah. better. Um, and they have good pass catchers, good running game. I mean, everywhere you look, they have pretty good talent. I'm just saying, for the quarterback to man the ship in the meantime, don't overpay him. This just feels like a lot. It almost feels like they're committing to him as their franchise guy, which it's he's not. You're using money where you could be using other way, uh, in other places. I think that's a good amount, $28 million per year for him with incentives that go up. I think that's a fair deal. Will he meet the incentives is the question. If he plays like last year, I think he will. Mm-hmm. And it's only, you're only asking him to do it for three years. It's not like you're asking him for five. Three years will give you at least the time to look at the bridge quarterback if that's the route they are going, see what they have in him, develop him, not try to rush him, and then go from there. Because you have five years if they try to get one in the early first round. So they could, in theory, get someone like Anthony Richardson, not rush him, and have Geno Smith for preferably three years. If Anthony Richardson works out for him. I mean, it's that. Listen, I mean, I'm on board with CJ on this one. And we haven't talked talked much about about these draft prospects on camera. But for you guys, for you guys who don't know, CJ believes that Anthony Richardson should have stayed in Florida for a year. And honestly, looking at the trajectory of his statistics in in those years with Florida, I would agree. I would agree. His his athletic ability, his athletic ability is incredible. He has shown what he has been able to show in that in this combine, man. Wow. But it's not just like if you are relying solely on athleticism in the NFL. That doesn't work. Then that doesn't work. This isn't track. This isn't track and fields. You actually need skills. Okay. Develop see, here's skills. the thing. Throwing He's motions. got the highest. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Throwing motions. Go, mm-hmm. go ahead. I was just going to say, I will grant him that of every quarterback in this draft, he has the highest ceiling. However, far and away, he has the lowest floor. So he's like Trey Lance on steroids. No, nah, I think I think Trey Lance. I'm talking right. about in terms of potential. Trey Lance went four overall, so if he's I three, he went third, yeah, he went yeah, three. three, three. Sorry, but well, he went he went third overall. So yeah, I think look, how, after, look how well that worked. I think you guys are being unfair to Anthony Richardson based on previous history with Trey Lance. I don't think that's fair. Uh, number two is, what, would you rather have Anthony Richardson or Will Levis? Which is my next question. Ugh. You don't know, get me started. We don't, we're, we're up against the clock. Don't get me started on Will Levis. You're picking Anthony Richardson. So if you're if no, the, I don't like either. I would much rather Geno Smith over then, if I'm being honest. Whatever. Trade back and take an, and take another position. Um, Trade listen, back and draft Cole Listen, we got to change gears. Um, so we've talked about two teams who are at risk of losing their quarterback. Two teams who have have sustained their quarterback and one quarterback who has just signed with a new team who just uh, after the, the previous team rejected him, Derek Carr signing with the saints It's easy to forget after all of this news in the past 24 hours that this happened, but we're going to talk about Derek Carr and his new home with the saints. That's next. This is the fumble Ruski podcast.
Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker. So, the New Orleans Saints have just signed Derek Carr to a four-year, $160 million contract. And look, I know, CJ, you have some strong feelings about this. You don't believe that Derek Carr should be a Saint you believe that Der- that the Saints need to stop kicking? I need to stop saying your opinion and speaking for you. But listen, I kind of like this deal for the for Carr and kind of for the Saints. You kind of have a team um, that has potential to be competitive, and Derek Carr has been rotting in Oakland slash Las Vegas for too long. The only time that that was a competent team, the Vegas Raiders all around, was. In 2016, when he actually had a pretty good year, he was MVP caliber. He had an MVP type year. And if you if you get that from the Saints, if he gets that, if they they get that uh, on the Saints, then this team can contend, especially with the way this division is right now. I mean, the Buccaneers are gone most likely, depending on what happens. I mean, who who else is going to comes Tom Brady? I mean, unless they have a situation like the Seahawks where their their backup to Russell Wilson winds up having a Pro Bowl caliber year, but who's beating the Saints in this division? Derek Carr is the best one, the best quarterback here. I kind of, I, I kind of like this move. I do. They need, they needed a quarterback. Um, Derek Carr can help a lot of good young pieces on this team on the offensive side of the ball. Now, I'm not saying they won't be competitive. It's just. Uh, this is this is just a temporary fix, you know. I mean, I'm, they they should win their division, barring like a surprise. But it's just I don't see them competing for the NFC crown. You know, it's like congratulations, you're gonna win in arguably the worst division in football. Am I supposed to be impressed? And furthermore, what Adam was going to say is that. I believe, because you all know about GM Mickey Loomis's cap gymnastics, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, he can rework anything. But notice how every year when it starts out, they're deeper and deeper, you know, in the red. And which is why I'm, I'm saying the Saints need to stop kicking the can down the road. They need to face their problems head on and rebuild. This this is like putting a new engine in a really old car. It's Probably not going to work, but hey, if it does, it does. But then again, I don't see them winning anything with Derek Carr, so I don't know. Just that's just my two cents. It depends. It depends on how Derek Carr plays. If he is, if he regains his old form to where he was when he in in year three as a Raider in 2016, then I think this team can contend in the in the NFC. I do, especially since. Um, this past offseason, so many so many star players left the NFC and went into the AFC. That NFC is kind of wide open. It really is. And I don't even know if the Eagles are going to be the same team as they were last year because well, teams who yeah. lose the Super Bowl, it's not analytical, but it, it works. It happens. Yeah, it right. happens. And who knows how the 49ers are going to be with their quarterback situation. Hmm. That's your, those, are, those were your final two in the AFC. Uh, excuse me, NFC. NFC. So I'm I'm sorry. I I still see I still see, um, I see the Saints contending possibly. 
Yeah. It's a possibility. Mm-hmm. It, it's all depend. It's a big question mark, but it all depends on how Derek Carr plays in his new home. And I think a change of scenery is what he needed. I do. Yeah, he's been treated too unfairly default because of how bad the NFC South was last year. What's that? It could be just by default, just based upon how bad the NFC South was last year. Yeah, good. It 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 is based on default, but it helps you get there. It does help you get there. All right, listen, I want to get to our last segment, which is the fan box, and we talked about a little bit about the NFL Combine. Our last our last show was all about it. We're going to touch on it slightly on our fan box with the top performers at the NFL Combine. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. You are listening to the Fumbled Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker. All right. So we have officially reached the Fumble Rooski fan box portion of our show. So we post a question, question filter on our Instagram every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more. And we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. So the question of the week was who were the most underrated NFL Combine performers? So our first one we got was Zach Pickens. So Pickens is a defensive lineman, and he ran the 40 in actually a pretty reasonable amount of time for a big fellow like him. 291 pounds, and he ran a 4.8. That's very good. Uh 40-yard dash. That is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. 30 inch, 30 and a half inch vertical, 9.8 broad jump. That's pretty good. I mean, listen, we have bashed the Pro Bowl a lot. You mean the combine? Yeah, right. Combine. We we bash both. We bash both. <laughs> we bash both. It's it's gotten to a point where we confuse the two. Um, but listen, we've bashed the combine quite a bit. Um but it does show some athletic abilities. And I guess those do kind of matter because stats don't mean everything. Where if, if it were all about stats, we'd be sitting here um, around a conference table just looking at numbers on a spreadsheet. I mean, athletic ability does matter a little bit. But it a lot of the time it ends up being BS. Um, the next one was Isaac Zone. Okay, so also Brogdon Hill said the last one. So Zach Pickens. Isaac Zonana said Anthony Richardson. So he's not exactly the underrated performer because everyone and their mother is talking about him. But CJ, do you want to touch a little bit on that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, congratulations. You had a good combine. So did did Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to be like him. I'm not saying he's like that. But you can't, especially with quarterbacks, a good combine doesn't mean anything. Remember Zach Wilson? 
Oh, stop. Stop. And no. Also, if you – I think since you th- – I mean, if he has another year to develop, then wouldn't it be fine for a team that doesn't need a quarterback right away to draft him and let him develop under, let's say, a uh, a Geno Smith or a Jared yeah. Goff for a year or two? Yeah, then, well, if he actually stayed in college, then we wouldn't be having this conversation probably. Probably not. But, I mean, Patrick Mahomes wasn't ready right away. Lamar Jackson wasn't ready right away. Mm-hmm. And those guys had pretty good careers right after they um, – right after they – started you know to start for full seasons so i'm not gonna decide around we're up against the clock so whatever. all right so rich a lot uh eli turner said rich eisen oh mvp mvp hold on i I just want to do a quick psa here next year with the combine take a shot every time Rich Eisen mentions he went to the University of Michigan or don't because you will die. It's like, oh, this guy ran a 4-3. Oh, look at me. I'm Rich Eisen. I went to Michigan. No one cares. Yeah. And it, it is I guess it's kind of fun uh him at the combine seeing him seeing him run and comparing his speeds to some of the mm-hmm. NFL players. It's kind of funny because it's like we're comparing the average at the average male to these athletes who have incredible athletic abilities. It's, it's that's kind of fun. Um, yeah. So that's, that's fun to see his takes on Tom Brady, what he reported. Ah, man, I, I have always bet. I've always loved seeing Tom Brady play for a long time, but he cannot come out of retirement. Do not let him do that. Don't tempt him with a good time. We couldn't go one episode without mentioning him. I really thought it's like, it's like undisputed, not being able to not mention LeBron. All right. This is what well, we are now. Yes, except with Tom Brady, even though he's retired. All right, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast. Keep up with our podcast and latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week over and out.